0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awaken Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Well, it is Vision Sunday, so I thought I'd talk about Helen Keller to start off with. If you guys know Helen Keller, she was actually blind, but one of the most successful people that uh, you could ever read about. I started reading about her and she was blowing my mind. It says, Helen Keller said, it's a terrible thing to see and have no vision. She couldn't see in the natural, but she could see in the supernatural. It's important to envision the future and imagine who we want to be, not just what you want to do, who we want to be and the kind of life we want to lead. If we can see it in our mind, we can hold it in our hand. If we can see it in our hand, in our mind, we can hold it in our hand. And she said, nothing is impossible. This is a woman that has been blind her whole life. Nothing is impossible. The title of this message is Blind Sight blind sight. It's a word I made up. It's called blind sight. This is a woman, Helen Keller, who couldn't see in the natural, but she can see in the supernatural. And that's what I want you to lean into this morning is what is God saying in the supernatural? What are your spiritual eyes seeing for 2022? Because Jesus said, if you believe, you will see. The world says seeing is believing. But Jesus said, if you can believe, then you can see. Pastor Becky was talking about believing so we can see something supernatural from a place of victory this year. Come on, let's go strong into 2022. We've been through enough in 2020 and 2021. Why don't we just go in victory in 2022? Why not? Andy Stanley said, vision always stands in contrast to the world as it is. So your vision should be a little bit different than what you're experiencing. You don't need vision for what you're already doing. He said, visioneering, engineering your vision is a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction that it should be. Fueled by the conviction that it should be. So what is your conviction on the inside of you? Does it line up with what you're seeing? Does it line up with what you're seeing? So visions and dreams can come in many stages and many, you know, in magnitudes. It can be like a, a life vision. It can be like a, you know, a one year vision. Some of us just need vision for every day. We need to wake up. I need a vision for today, Lord. And so you can couple your visions and your dreams with goals so that you can achieve your visions and your dreams. So for example, if you want to make $120,000 this year, that's your vision. Maybe your goal is to make $10,000 a month. Maybe your vision this year is to get more planted in the church, at Awaken Church. And so your goal would be to start on a team in January, get into a connect group in January. Maybe that could be your goal for to get more planted in the house of God. Maybe you want to have kids this year. You got to... If you want to have kids, praise the Lord. you want to have kids, in Jesus' name, I declare right now, children over the Edwards, in Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for the blessing, favor. We say, blessed is the fruit of your womb, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Devil, you are bound, in Jesus' name, over wombs. Maybe you're here in 2020 and 2021 has kind of robbed your dreams. Maybe your vision has been squashed. I'm believing today that God's going to speak to you again. Maybe he's going to resurrect those old dreams and those old visions, or maybe he's going to give you a new one, because the Bible says that he has plans for your life, plural. So if something didn't work out, he's got another one for you. He's got a backup plan. He can redeem it. He can resurrect it, or he can give you a brand new one, amen? He's got a plan for your life. So we're going to talk about a guy in the Bible who is is powerful, maybe the most prolific writer in the New Testament. His name is Paul, but his name used to be Saul. And in Acts 9, there's a story about him, and Saul, if you don't know the story, was a um, he was a, a church persecutor. He was killing Christians. He was, um, he was high up politically and, uh, in, in, in the Jewish religion. And so he was anti-church. And so we come into verse or sorry, chapter nine in Acts and God radically shifts his whole world. So we're going to talk about him. He gets his vision. He steps into the beginning of his vision, all in this one passage of scripture. So let's read, uh, verse one, Acts nine, it says, then Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. He had just just given the okay to kill Stephen in chapter seven. Went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were were of the way of Jesus, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. This is like one of those moments where you wish you were with them like just to see this whole thing play out. So this light shone around him from heaven. He fell to the ground. So if any of you are here and you're newer to the church and, you, and you've seen people fall down, you're like, that's not in the Bible. There's one, there's one, there's one instance. So then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, wait, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. How many people don't know what goads are? I'm going to tell you what goads are. Thank you. Uh, I looked up goads. So goads is a prickly stick used to kind of urge on the oxen. So if they were lagging, they would kind of prick them and to, to get them to keep going or to turn directions. And so Bible scholars would say that they feel like Saul may have been getting pricked by God to change his ways but he wasn't getting the message. So he was kicking against the goats. He was kicking against that, that uh, prickly stick. So God said, okay, I'm about to bring an encounter that you cannot deny. So a light shone down from heaven. So my first, the, the first way you want to get a vision is through an encounter. If the greatest way that you can have a vision from God is to encounter him. Mark Batterson says the plans of God are only revealed in the presence of God. And so you got to get into a place of encounter. Now, hopefully you're not kicking against the goads and God has, well, maybe that'd be kind of cool if the light shone from heaven on your life. That'd be kind of cool. But hopefully you can hear God and kind of go in that direction. Joel 2.28 says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. My sons and daughters will prophesy. My young men will see visions and my old men will dream dreams. God likes to speak in visions and in dreams. That's why this is Vision Sunday. So God wants to bring the Holy Spirit to have an encounter with you so that you can see what the Holy Spirit sees. So he will pour out his spirit. So a light shone around him and encounters can come in different ways. For me, encounters come when I'm just reading my Bible. Sometimes the words will pop out and I'll just feel the presence of God. And all of a sudden I'll start to see differently. I'll start to hear his voice. Uh, sometimes it's in worship and all of a sudden God will uh, show, show me a picture or show me something. And, and if you encounter God, he can show you a picture that will unfold the whole entire story in your life. And it can happen just like that. He can change everything in a moment, just like he's doing here, here with Saul. Sometimes it's a prophetic word. Sometimes someone will just pick you out and say, boom, and they, I got a word for you. Sometimes it's listening to preaching. Because you're in the presence of God, God will speak to you about something maybe not even related to the preach. I'll be sitting in, in, in church sometimes, and, and God will speak to me about something unrelated, and so I will very discreetly not pay attention and write down what God's speaking to me about because I, I want to catch whatever he's speaking, because when you're in his presence, he can speak to you. You can have an encounter with him. I remember years ago, I was in, um, I was in the gym, and I was listening a podcast to Pastor Phil Pringle, who's kind of you know, one of the heroes of the faith um, as I grew up in this church. And he was talking about how God will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And as I'm working out, I literally had an encounter with God. The Holy Spirit started to speak to me and said, you've lost your need. You don't have any need. I don't need to be involved in your life. So like we had, we had lost everything, but then we had come back and we, are, we were able to pay our bills, buy cars, travel, go to restaurants, whatever we wanted to do. And so God was like, you've gotten comfortable. What is your need? You don't need anything. And it was at that moment where I started to be like, oh my gosh, I got to get a new vision. I got to get a new vision. I'm of the belief that if you're not hearing from God, it's because you're not believing him for anything. Why would he need to intervene in your world if you're not believing him for anything? And so I started to think, I started to get a vision for, for a new house. And it was from that moment until we bought our house a few years ago, but that was the time. That was the time when I got a new vision where I encountered God and I, and I, I said, you know what? I need this. I want to believe you for this. And so over the course of a couple of years, we ended up getting to a place where we could do that and, and, you know, we got our miracle house and it was amazing. But it was because of that encounter that I had with him that gave me a new vision to believe him for. The Bible says, when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. So he will give you new desires and then he will give it to you. He will make it come to pass should you follow him. So delight yourself in him, have an encounter with him, and he's going to give you the desires of your heart. So number one is encounter. Then the Lord said, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. Is it hard for you to kick against the goats? So he saw trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? That's a great question to ask this morning is, Lord, what do you want me to do? Not, Lord, this is what I want to do. But Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And the man who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul rose from the ground and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. So God literally blinded him to give him new vision. God blinded him to give him new vision. When he opens his eyes again, he's on a brand new mission, a brand new vision. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And and to him, the Lord said in a vision, again, in a vision. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. Saul is praying and he has another encounter. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in, putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all you call on your name. I mean, this is serious. Saul was a persecutor. So Ananias is like, Lord, are you sure you got the right guy? But the Lord said to him, go, for he is chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. This is incredible. And I believe, I believe Saul thought he was uh, doing good work for God. I believe he thought he was going on the right, on the right track. But then God just had to kind of turn him 180 and say, hey, you're persecuting the church. You're actually called to build the church. But because he was actually doing something, God was able to redirect what he was doing and cause him to build the church. And Ananias went his way into the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit immediately there fell from his eyes, something like scales. And he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. So Saul received his natural sight, but he also received his supernatural sight because he was filled with the Holy spirit. He was filled with the Holy ghost. Sometimes your vision and my vision needs other people. Saul had an encounter with God, but he needed Ananias to help shape his vision Ananias came and laid his hands on him, filled him with the Holy Ghost, gave him his sight back, and then he got baptized. We need other people in our lives. That's why it's a healthy thing to do to be in community at this church. Before I got into ministry, I had no thought of ministry. The first time I ever thought of ministry in my whole life was when I met a guy named Pastor Jurgen Metestius, and he said, you have a call of God on your life. All of a the sudden, there was somebody else spoke into my life, and all of a sudden, my vision for my life started to shift started to change. All of a sudden I could see myself doing things. All of a sudden over a series of encounters, I started to believe that actually ministry was my future. Like I could do this, like this is really what God is calling me to do. So then I could say, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do this? And just follow him. But it took somebody else, it took Pastor Jurgen. it p- took Pastor Jurgen to do that. There's another guy in the Bible who was lame and the Bible says he didn't even ha- doesn't even talk about him having a vision for his life. Doesn't talk about him wanting to be healed, but he had four friends who had a vision for him. So this guy was lame and his four friends had a vision for him. They had faith for this guy to walk again, to run again, to play again. So they went and grabbed their friend. These four guys who had a vision for their friend, grabbed him, took him to a house where Jesus was, put a hole in the roof, lowered him down to Jesus and Jesus healed him and forgave him of his sins. I was thinking about that story that never says that this lame man wanted to be healed. But I imagine when these four guys grabbed him, I imagine they started speaking into him, saying, Man, you can be healed. There's this guy, Jesus, the Messiah, he's the healer. If we can just get you to him, I believe that guy, by the time he's lowered down, they're like, okay, this guy, these guys are serious. And they start believing. But sometimes we need other people because we can't see it in ourselves. We're okay to be lame our whole life. You need a friend that is winning so that he can call out the winner in you. You need to hang around with champions. You need to hang around with with encouraging people. And you may need to encourage somebody in your world, somebody in your world, have faith for somebody else's vision. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples in Damascus. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. Saul, Saul... Saul gets baptized with the Holy Spirit, gets his sight back, and then he goes and hangs out with some of the disciples in Damascus. The third way that you can get vision is through exposure. Exposure. When you hang out with other people, all of a sudden you get exposed to their world. One of the reasons we have so many different voices on this stage is so that we can expose you to different people's worlds. Because you might connect with that person or that person or what he said or what she said. We want to expose you to things so you can get a vision for your life. He hung out with the disciples. He had never been in that world before. He was the one persecuting the church, not building the church. So now he's hanging out with them. He's seeing a brand new world, a brand new lifestyle. And then the Bible says he goes immediately into preaching. I remember when I was 10 years old, and um, I, was, I was playing all the sports or whatever. I knew I was pretty good in baseball, but I didn't have a vision for myself. Until one day, I was at El Cap High School in Lakeside. Uh, last service, someone yelled. <laughs> I, was at, I was at El Cap high, high School in Lakeside at a baseball camp, and this coach came out. His name was Gary Adams from UCLA. I had never really paid attention to college baseball or to UCLA, but because I was exposed to this guy, he came out and spoke. And all of a sudden UCLA was what I wanted to do. Why? Because I was exposed to it. I didn't know anything else. So what did I do, I went and got a hat, UCLA hat. We got a sweatshirt, UCLA sweatshirt. And I just started to focus on that. That's all I wanted to do. And so one year or, or my, my senior year in, in high school, a friend of mine's dad who went to UCLA in the sixties called the coach, and said, look at this kid. I had already had three knee surgeries, so there wasn't a whole lot of scouts knocking down my door. And so so this guy comes and looks. He says, yeah, we got to get this guy. And so I I remember going up to my recruiting trip at UCLA. It was like this dream that I had because I was exposed at 10 to this coach. And he didn't say anything spectacular. He was just something I was exposed to. And so now I see the hitting coach at UCLA coming to pick me up in his vintage um, uh, uh, convertible Corvette. And I was like, okay, this guy's legit. This guy's legit. So he picks me up and we go to the the clubhouse and he's telling me all about the school. And then I remember saying, yes, I'm definitely going here. He's like, I think I can get you in without writing an essay. I was like, oh, I'm coming, you know? (laughs) So, I mean, I had a 3.5, but, you know, to get into there, you got to have like a 4.8 or something. So so I, I remember saying, yes, I'm going there. And then, you know, day one, I get my jersey and it says, UCLA on it. And the back says Heinrich's on it. And then they're giving me batting gloves and cleats and bats. And I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm living my dream. It's important to achieve some of your dreams. The Bible says a hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire realizes a tree of life. It'll light you up. So make sure that you're not putting out these dreams and these visions that aren't from God that are so far out there that you disappoint yourself. If they're out there, you better make sure that God's involved. I want you to achieve your dreams. God wants you to achieve your dreams. So exposure is huge. Most most of us are doing what we're doing because we were exposed to it at some time. At some point, we were exposed to it. Be it real estate, logistics, you know, whatever it is, we were exposed to it sometimes. So we just kind of got into that, that business or that career. Maybe it's our parents or friends or whatever. So exposure is important. If you're having trouble seeing, get out of your world and go expose yourself to somebody else's. So, you can see what they do, and maybe God will speak to you about that. So, it says, immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. So, literally, after spending a couple of days with these disciples, getting exposed to their world, immediately he steps into his dream. Immediately he steps into his new vision. I wanna encourage you that after you write stuff down today, start doing something about it, taking a step towards it. Immediately he starts preaching. But here's the, here's the, here's the deal. Sometimes God will give you a vision that isn't immediately. That's going to take a little bit of time. And he wants to know, are you willing to believe him? Or are you just chasing the vision? I remember when, when Pastor Jurgen said, you're going to be on staff. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I started to get a vision for it. And I was excited about it. And I was passionate about it. That's all I wanted. That's all I could think about. It was even hard working in other jobs. So all I want to do is be here and help at the church and do things at the church. And then it got to be four years later and I still wasn't here. I was still working, you know, doing my thing. And so I literally went to God and I was like, God, you know what? That would be cool and everything, but I'm going to lay that down. And if you want to resurrect it, great. But if you don't, great. I don't care. I just believe you and I want to do what you want me to do. And so I literally laid down the dream and the vision that I felt God gave me and said, I don't care. I just want to serve you within a month. Pastor Jurgen called me on the 8 freeway. I was coming on underneath the 805. And he says, hey, we got a spot for you on the, on the team. And back then it was the events guy. And I was like, isn't that a girl's job? And he's like, yeah, but it's all good. Just, we just, we just got, we, it's, it's an opportunity to get on the team. So I was the events guy. I wouldn't let him call me a coordinator. I said, I'm the guy. I'm the events guy. But I got on the team. And that was just an open door but it took four years and it took me having a moment with myself saying, you know what, God, I'm willing to lay down what I feel you've given me so that I can serve you because you're more important than the vision. You're more important than the vision. There's a guy named Abraham in the Bible. You guys know Abraham. He had a vision. God said, you're going to have to sin as, as big as the sand on the seashore, as many as the sand on the seashore. So he's like, great. And so he waits decades. Finally has Isaac, his first son at the age of a hundred So he he received his dream. He's living his dream. And then God says, I want you to sacrifice your dream. So Abraham responds immediately and he goes to sacrifice his vision and his dream. So he takes him up to the altar on Mount Moriah. He lays his dream on the altar. He takes the knife and he lifts the knife and he goes to kill his dream. But then heaven shouts, Stop. Don't do it. I got a ram in a thicket for you right over here. That will be your sacrifice. Aren't you glad that Abraham kept listening to heaven even though he was living his dream? If he wouldn't have listened to heaven, he would have killed his dream. Just because you're walking in your vision and your dream doesn't mean you can stop listening to God. Abraham came, God came to Abraham and he just wanted to know, he's like, I'm going to make you the father of faith. I need to know that you can believe me no matter what. See, God doesn't want to kill your dream, but sometimes he wants to know you're willing to kill your dream for his sake. He wants to know who's number one in in your life. Is it him or is it your dream? Is it him or is it your vision? He's the one that provides it. We got to continue to, to worship the one that gives the dreams. Not just a dream. Then all who heard were amazed. And the worship team can come out. All who heard were amazed. You can imagine as Saul is preaching in the synagogues, all of these people that were terrified of him a week ago, are now hearing that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the healer. He's the one that's been prophesied about. And I, the one that was personally in the church, am now preaching that Christ is the Messiah. They were amazed at him because he had an encounter with God. Somebody named Ananias helped him. He was exposed to his vision. He started walking in his vision and everybody was amazed. I'm believing in 2022 that people are going to be amazed at you that people are going to be like, isn't this the guy that used to have to borrow cars? Now he's giving them away. What? People are going to be amazed at you. Isn't this the guy that was doing drugs three years ago and now all of a sudden he's following Christ. He's starting his own business. What? Isn't this a girl that wouldn't even stand up in front of people, but now she's preaching the gospel. What? Isn't this the guy that has been believing for years and years and years to start his business? And it never happened. We gave up on him, but now he has, and he's flourishing. Wow. I can't believe it. That marriage came back together. Wow. I can't believe it. Kids coming back to church. What is it that you're believing for? Because I'm believing that San Diego is going to be amazed at Awaken Church, at your life, at your family's life. It's going to be an incredible year. Philippians 3, 13 and 14, my last scripture, it's just Paul speaking. And when you know his background, you'll know why he said this. Because I don't know about you, but when it comes around visions and goals and dreams and all of that stuff, sometimes it's overwhelming to think, man, I got all of these things I want to do. All of these things I want to improve. Where do I even start? So Paul says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended or to have succeeded or arrived but one thing I do what's one thing you can do that will change everything what's what's one thing maybe if you're feeling overwhelmed in your marriage you can do what's one thing as a parent that you can do what's one thing in your career that you can do what's one thing in your body that you can do what's one thing in your relationship with Christ that you can do what's one thing because if you can do one thing it can change everything don't get overwhelmed the one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead blind sight i press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of god in christ jesus when you're writing down on your vision cards let's be blind to our past because you can't change that and let's be awake to our future let's have vision for our future don't even count that stuff behind you. You can look back on it. You can learn from it. You can build on it. Some of you, maybe you're just killing it in every area. You know what? God can take you to another level. Amen. If you have the gift to kill it, go kill it and help other people. Why don't we all stand on our feet? I want to pray. The worship team's going to sing a song and I want you to do this. If you need some more time, I want you to just stay in your seat for a couple of minutes. You can worship God. You can encounter God in your seat and ask him to show you something. Or maybe you've already written it down and that's cool. And you can come up to the front. Our our ministry team is going to be up front. They're going to pray for you. Just a quick prayer of agreement. Anoint your card with oil. So if you want to come forward, you can do that. If you want to stay in your seat, you can do that. But we want to pray and agree with you for what God is showing you. And maybe you need a couple of more hours. That's okay. You can take your card home and ride on it tonight. Get with your spouse, whatever. But why don't we take a couple of minutes and encounter God. Make sure we're seeing what he's seeing. And then let us pray with you and agree with you. So I'm just going to start. Let's just lift our hands. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you are good. And only good and perfect things come from above. Father, I pray that you would supernaturally show us things, that we would be blinded to our past, but we'd be able to see our future. Show us what you want to show us. And Lord, I declare over people that that are writing things down that it comes to pass in the time frame that you've called them, 2022. Let it be the greatest year of our lives. And I pray for those people who maybe have their dreams crushed or their visions smashed and they don't not, they don't, they can't see or they can't believe. Father, I pray that they would believe today in the name of Jesus. I break the power of doubt and disappointment in Jesus name. And I declare a spirit of faith in this house in Jesus name. Let's believe God for big things. Father, we want to end 2022, if nothing else, believing you for something. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to us on the journey. Lord, that you would amaze the people around us and that you would surprise even us. Because you're the God that can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we've ever asked or thought, according to the power that works on the inside of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.